This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I'm Jonathan Zaslow. He is Braden Gall, and that's at least half the reason why we are in tonight for Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. So Amber Wilson, my former co-host down here in South Florida for many years, by the way, on her way to Vegas to see Adele. Are you a uh, are you a travel for concerts kind of guy, Braden? Ooh, um, so not not for the concert, but when my wife and I were, were uh, dating and then married before children, we would always, wherever we would take our vacations, generally like in, in early August because we knew football was coming, and my wife was like, I guess I'll see you in December, honey. You know, like she knows that like when you're married into the sports media world, like she kind of got it from, a, from an early time in our relationship. We would plan our trip around like, hey, we're going to go to New Orleans. Hey, we're going to go to Denver. Hey, we're going to go to Charleston. We're going to go fi- go someplace we want to go. We would always find a concert Love at like a, a famous venue. So like we would plan a trip to Denver and we'd go to like see Jack White at Red Rocks. Oh, or, that's see, that's my know, wife's so like, dream is to see a show at Red Rocks. Dude, it's yes. it's wor- it's absolutely it's it's amazing. And, and Adele, of course, my wife, huge Adele fan. My two daughters love Adele. I like Adele. Who doesn't love Adele? I'd go to Vegas to watch. I dare Adele. you to say you don't like Adele. Everyone. <laughs> Loves it now. I dare you. <laughs> well, rumor has it she's pretty good. So I, oh, I listen. Wow. The bottom line is, that. I would not like if you were to say to me like, "Hey, me and the guys, we're getting together. You and me, we're getting together. We're going to go Chicago or something for for a specific concert." I, I don't know if I'd do that unless it was like a Zeppelin reunion or oh, some kind now, or some yes. kind of like some kind of like crazy reunion where it only happens like one place in the world. That yeah. might be worth going to. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you there. But when you're talking about a, a Zeppelin reunion, you're you're literally talking about something that's never ever going to happen. But I yeah, why can't they so. get along? Why can't they just get along? They're like Chris Jones and the Chiefs. Why can't why can't the guys just get along and do or you get little Bonzo get get little Bonzo to play the drums and let's do a reunion? Come on. I think the question is why why can't Robert Plant's voice still well, be, that be what it was? I think that's <laughs> probably the question. You're listening to Amber and Ian here on ESPN Radio. So how about this? Sportsbook operator BetMGM has reported that Colorado, Nebraska has attracted more bets than every remaining NFL game in week one. So every night, all right? And this is obviously a rarity, according to bookmakers. The bulk of the betting action, so we're talking upwards of 90%, was on the favored Buffaloes, led by Coach Deion Sanders. Everybody knows that. At points bet, Fanatics, more money had been bet on Colorado, minus the points, against Nebraska, than had been bet on 30 NFL teams, (laughs) with only the Chiefs and Lions from last night, who... Garnering more support from better. So here, here's now number one. That's amazing. Everything that I just said, obviously. But I wonder if it's a little bit phony baloney numbers right now because okay, the the one game, the one NFL game that it has not had more money wagered on was yeah the game that was last night. The game that we got to actually have 
action on. I yeah. wonder if we're going to be able to say something similar after all the NFL games on Sunday. We're still a couple days away from all of those games, and I feel like most people place their wagers the morning of. Yeah, I, I think that's a great question. It's like, all right, does this still count? Let's let's at the time of kickoff for Colorado and Nebraska versus time of kickoff for let's say the one o'clock games on Sunday. Yeah. How does that compare? But I yeah. still think it's noteworthy to say that yeah. one football, and I think this this leads into a bigger conversation about Deion Sanders specifically and his ability to just uh, like his gravitational force that that he do, that he has as an individual again if you if you can play a professional football game in the morning and then go play a professional baseball game in the evening you're probably not told no very much in your life. Like you've probably just been able to do whatever you want for most of your life. And I get it. Coach Prime is one of one. But it does speak to the, the like sort of the the marketability, the gravitational force and the interest in what he's doing. Like I'm interested in what he's doing from like a nerdy standpoint. Like can you turn a roster over by 70 players at a school that has no investment in football, what that's changing conferences and actually compete at a high level? Like that to me is interesting from like a structural standpoint. Other people just want to watch Travis Hunter play 129 snaps or his son Shooter Sanders go off for 450 yards and pull a 21-point upset on the team that played in the national championship game last year. Yeah. So I think you put it all together and it's what attracts money. It's what attracts money. And you know this as well as anybody. Like, the thing that people, like, <laughs> it's like fantasy, like drafting fantasy players because you love your team. Like, people gambling on things that are interesting is not yeah. the smart way to gamble. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not. Yeah. And that's why everybody's all over Colorado, which means you probably should take Nebraska. No, don't tell everybody. That's how the line moves. Don't tell everybody. <laughs> Keep that a secret. I feel like you're kind of alluding, though, there, Braden, to... Okay, a lot of people were tuning in last week. They want to see Dion. They want to see what he does. I'll tell you, I'll admit, I tuned in last week because... I, th- I thought they were going to get killed, all right? So I made sure that I had it on. And I'm not necessarily tuning in because I want to see Dion succeed or not succeed. I think you're probably wondering, it sounds like you're asking, are people going to get Dion fatigue, right? Are pe- when, are, yeah. when, are, when are those people who are really interested in it right now because it's a cool story? When is Dion going to be overexposed, and when are they going to get tired of Dion? I mean, I've never seen more promos for a team with like a three and a half win total for like three months of the summer. I mean, like the Colorado TCU game was like shoved down our throats from a like a promotional standpoint. Turns out, of course, they were right. It was a great game, and they won the game, and it was exceptional. Can they keep that pace up for the entire season? And can like we tend to get tired of things that are sort of forced on us yep. that are overexposed? And Deion Sanders, for all of his talents, all of his charisma. There are still plenty of questions of like how he left Jackson State, how the why the people in the SWAC and why some of the folks in the HBCUs don't really like him all that much. Taking sixty scholarships away from young players at Colorado who had scholarship opportunities to play there, like some of this is part of the game, and some of it's just Coach Prime. Like why is Co- why is Deion Sanders like telling people he's not a Florida State Seminole? Like why is he fighting with the media all the yeah. time? Like what? I just don't understand. Like it, there's a shtick there. That I think eventually, like, what happens if he loses a couple games? Are people just going to move on from him? And I, I just don't know. And I'm with you. I, I think the players deserve our attention. 
the players on Colorado's football team are interesting, and they are worth yes. our attention. I don't personally think Deion Sanders is worth the attention that he is getting. Personally, that's my opinion. But See, the team that's what and the I players think- are. See, that's what I think is going to help his case, though, because even if you don't like Dion Stick, and a lot of it is unlikable, which comes with a lot of, you know, a lot of athletes who are who, who have greatness. You're 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 not going to like all of it, but I found Shadur Sanders, Travis Hunter, especially after the game with them talking how excited they were, I found them to be really likable. I mean, Sanders went out there and was uh, uh, Shadur was amazing. Obviously, we, we haven't seen what... Now, Travis Hunter, I don't think he's going to do that every game, but what, what we saw from him was like, oh my God, I can't believe that there's a kid who's playing 110, 120 snaps or whatever, and he's playing it at a high level here. I think that can be a little bit of a saving grace for people who are going to get tired of Dion because, yeah, how about we pay attention to those kids? And I especially found those two kids really likable. Yeah, uh, to your point, Travis Hunter, 129 snaps in like 95-degree temperatures in Dallas, Texas, Dallas, Fort Texas. Can, can you keep that pace up? I, I don't know. I think that's a, a major question. But are we all going to tune in to find out? Of course, because he's yeah. a he's an interesting player. But I think you can separate the two. Like I, I, I think it's going to be easy for fans to – and here, here's the other thing. Again, while that win was impressive – there's a stinky line on this game <laughs> that, that that Colorado is only a three-point favorite against an arch rival, by the way. And if you know the history of Nebraska and Colorado, they literally used to throw rocks at each other when they were in the Big 12 <laughs> in the student section. They, they like It is nasty. It is a nasty rivalry. And if, if and Nebraska can play some defense, offensively, very questionable football team, but they can play some defense. I, I'm to me, they don't build pyramids out of solid gold in Las Vegas because they are wrong all the time. It's because they know what they're doing, and the whole world's on Colorado. This is one of those where, like, if Nebraska wins the game and it's really ugly, and Sanders and Hunter don't do those things that we just talked about, and Coach Deion Sanders comes into the press conference and is still the same ornery, upset, pissed off, you know, aggravated, argumentative, kind of like, why are you acting like a petulant child kind of personality? That ain't going to play well with people if your team just got beat. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm curious by the end of the year how much we still love the story. I'm just curious what happens. I think it's a good question. I'm Jonathan Zaslow. He's Braden Gall. Coming up, Team USA was bounced by Germany in the FIBA World Cup this morning, was Noah Lyles right about Team USA? This is Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. And Bernie and on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Presented by Progressive Insurance, I'm Jonathan Zaslow. He's Braden Gall. We're in for them tonight. You're, you're rocking out to this here, Braden. This is for you, man. You are into it. You are ready to go. <laughs> uh, dude, it's first week of the NFL season, second week yeah. of college football season. Yes. I, it's like we're in – it, I know it, – it takes us a while to get to midseason form. I feel like we're already there. It's it's just so much fun to have it back. I just need Nashville. I'm in Nashville. I need the temperatures to drop about like about 12 degrees tomorrow morning when I wake up for game day. You know, oh, I you and I. I mean, can we can we meet in the middle? I mean, I go outside for five minutes. I got to change my clothes. It's so hot down here in South Florida. <laughs> nice uh, yeah, I just want just it to be about six, 67, uh, warm sunshine, light, cool oh. air. You know, smells like leather outside, you know? I'm ready to go. Ready to go. Sounds good. We do not get that here, man. So this morning, I woke up this morning, Brayden, and I decided, you know what? It was was in time for the second half when I noticed it was on, and I put on Team USA and Germany, FIBA World Cup semifinals. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. Now, Canada already lost before that to Serbia, so we were kind of robbed of a potential USA-Canada final, which would have been kind of cool. But I watched the second half of the game today, and and look – Team USA got outplayed. They were down 10 the whole second half. They ended up losing by two. And okay, so they they lose in the semifinal. And now you get all the activity on social media about U.S. sprinter and Olympian Noah Lyles, who made headlines, what was it, about a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago, when he went on this diatribe the thing that hurts me the most is that i have to watch the nba finals and they have world champion on their head world champion of what (laughs) the united states don't get me wrong i love the u.s at times but that ain't the world that is not the world we are the world we have almost every country out here fighting thriving putting on they flag to show that they are represented. There ain't no flags in the NBA. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> this made me nuts when he came out with this last week because, look, the, the NBA's doors are open. Anyone from around the world can come and play. Matter of fact, I mean, look at the most recent MVPs. They are international players. All right. It, so... If, if you're the best basketball league in the world and every player around the world aspires to go play in that league and you win that championship, yeah, to me, Braden, that is the world champion. I have no problem with NBA champions calling themselves world champions, but I feel like today Noah Lyles and people who were agreeing with him last week are probably parading around saying that somehow a German team led by Dennis Schroeder it could potentially be world champions. Braden, I'm not here for a conversation about a team led by Dennis Schroeder being the best team in the world. I am not here for it. 
Yes, the Germans were much taller than us. Uh, we, we deployed a smaller lineup, and, and they, they won. I Listen, if you're talking about like countries versus countries, which, of course, he is competing in a country versus country sport, and he's extraordinary. My favorite part of that quote, by the way, is the at times. <laughs> I love America at times. Right. That at times is doing a lot of work in that sentence. Um, but I think he, like I think I understand his point and what he's trying to allude to. But but like. If you go to an NHL All-Star game or an NBA All-Star game or a lot of these times, like, don't don't they actually sometimes have their country's flags on? <laughs> like, there actually are flags. Like, like, Giannis. Like, all these guys that are from all over the world are very proud of where they're from. It, basketball is bigger than football around the world. It's not as big as soccer, but it's bigger than football. They call it the World Series in baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no chance the that league. anybody... Yeah, there's no chance that any league in the world is better than the NHL. The, the KHL is probably the second best hockey league in the world. Right. It's the, the, the league in Russia. They play on a different rink. It's not even the same size. So to suggest that the best... Ba- now, what, again, what would be interesting and why I think the things like the World Baseball Classic and the Olympics are so interesting is we get to see how good each country is at these sports. But you cannot tell me a professional team from Germany or from France or from Spain or from China is going to beat a professional basketball team from the NBA. Like, that's that's not... Those, those aren't comparable. If you want to take the best Spanish players or the best Argentinian players or the best French players and put them against the best U.S. players, great. That's called the Olympics. And we haven't won all of those. So, like, that's awesome. That's where you can have that debate. But you can't tell me that an organized team is going to line up against the Bucks or the Clippers or the Nuggets well, I mean, just t- just or the take Heat the world cha- and win a game. Just take the world champion, Denver Nuggets, who, look, it's not right. possible in this format because Nikola Djokic, you know, he's Serbian, but take the world champion Denver Nuggets led by Nikola Djokic against, you know, Team Germany led by Dennis Schroeder and Daniel Tice. Braden, I know what the end result of that game is. And it isn't with the well, Germans but, but winning. That's not even his. I, I agree with you, but that's not even like the comparison. The comparison isn't like the best German players on the German national team. It is. He's talking the, the world championship in the NBA is of professional organized. Like this is you have to take the best team in Italy or the best team in Fran- France. It's not. That's not the French national team. Those are mm-hmm. different things. And that's why we have Olympics. <laughs> that's why we have those sports. So I'd be curious if you think there's any other sport that can actually do that, though. Like, is there a Japanese baseball team that could actually beat, like, the Brewers? No. I, no. I don't know. No. No. Tune into an NL battle tomorrow as the Cubs host the Diamondbacks. Coverage begins at 1.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. I'm sure, though, Noah Lyles, he probably felt like he was taking a victory lap. Not that he wanted Team USA to lose, but once they did, he probably took a victory lap. Ian Fitzsimmons is coming up next. This is Amber and Ian. You're listening on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu.
You're listening to Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Jonathan Zaslow alongside Braden Gall. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We're in for Amber and Ian tonight, but joining us here for a few minutes, we have gotten a hold of Ian Fitzsimmons, the regular host here, 7 to 10 p.m. every night Eastern on the new lineup here on ESPN Radio. Ian, thanks a lot for your time here. Let's start out in the obvious place. All right, Texas Alabama, of course, ESPN Television tomorrow night at 7 p.m. East. I mean, this is appointment television, week two, very early on in the season. What are we liking here? Well, I I go back to when I sat down with Steve Sarkeesian in the offseason, and and I have not heard him since he's been at the head coach of Texas uh, this confident about his football team. I mean, you, you look at the offensive line that he brought in last year. Those guys weren't Longhorns. They were Cavs, right? Now they're Longhorns. Uh, the defensive line, same thing. Uh, and then, you know, I know that look, I know you lose Bajon Robinson and Roshan Johnson, that, which is arguably the best backfield in all college football last year. But, you know, they've recruited so well. And, you know, it's now next man up. It's kind of like Alabama, right? Like, okay, go, go do well in the NFL. Next up, come on, Bubba. Here we go. Come on now. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And it's your turn. Uh, same thing at wide receiver. I mean, from Xavier Worthy on down, you know, Mitchell coming over from Georgia, they have absolutely adored him in camp. I mean, he, he looks sensational. So Texas is coming in with a with a mentality of they have been building an SEC-type football team to get ready for the transition next year. And I still believe they're a year away from that, but I have not heard Sark be that confident in his guys, along with Kyle Flood. A.J. Milley, Jeff Banks, you know, their their special teams coordinator. All of these guys were on Saban's staff that Sark brought with them to to Austin. So, you know, if you're looking for a team trying to build a mirror image of a Alabama, of a Georgia, it's Texas. And they're close, but they're not quite there yet. Now, on the other side, when I visited Alabama this summer, man, they got an edge to them. I mean, they are so sick and tired of hearing everybody talking about how the Saban dynasty is done. 17 years, and it's time to go ahead and head off to the pasture. Well, man, they are jaw-locked and hacked off, and that's, that's dangerous. That is very, very dangerous. I'm telling you, this team, I don't care they only have 10 starters back, right? They've got five-star after five-star. They've got portal guy after portal guy. And Dallas Turner was the other guy to Will Anderson. Well, guess what? Now 1-5 going to become a household name. And go on down the list. This is a team that I firmly believe is so pissed off because everyone has counted them out after going 11-2 and last year. And their two losses are on the road against top 15 teams on the last play of the game. When I was there, guys, there was an attitude about these boys, like, don't talk to us, don't look at us, just let's just go play football and destroy some people. So if you love hard-hitting, paint-swapping, nasty, screw-you-type football, that's what you're going to get tomorrow night at Brian Denny Stadium. So, Ian, the nature of football is that we overreact to everything. We're, we're overreacting to Kansas City's performance against Detroit on Thursday I'm night. Not. Everybody, hold we on, have to, hold we, on, Braden. <laughs> you and I, hold on. We've known each other a long time. That ain't happening with me, Bubba. I mean, no, I, they go to Pennsylvania, Kansas City, and they're going to be right there at the AFC Championship. Hunt. Right, I, right. I am 
not overreacting, but go ahead. Right, but you get my point. You get my point, and I think I think people are overreacting to LSU's performance in Week One. I think LSU's going to be fine after the, even despite the loss to Florida State. Agreed. I, I I say all of that to then ask, but isn't this one of those games where you can react a little bit more strongly to what happens, no matter what happens? If Alabama loses, they still have a bunch of really tough games. Georgia's the clear favorite. You can start to point to cracks in the Alabama machine. If Texas loses, we can start saying, look, they're not ready for the SEC yet. Sark hasn't gotten there yet. Isn't it fair to react a little bit more to this one? Tell me how, tell, tell me how it plays out, though. Are you saying, I mean, if Alabama wins by 30, yes. If Texas wins by 30, yes. If it comes down to a last possession, no. Uh, those are two great football teams that went at it. And if it's, a, if it's a close game, which I expect it to be, then – yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not overreacting to that. I'm I'm going to stand up and applaud. So you know, we can't sit here and forecast how it's going to play out. Like for for instance, go back to the game I had last week at LSU and Florida State. That game was there were three moments in that game that were deciding factors. The opening possession for LSU, you know, when they run that remarkable design with Bradford, and I, Bradford wasn't even on our depth charts, guys. I mean, if you're Florida State, you're you're Jared Burst going. Who the hell is 32? That's not Noah Kane. That's not Josh Williams. Who the hell? You're almost ignoring the guy. That's what LSU was counting on. And guess what? It went inside the red zone. Now on fourth and forget one, I was kneeling on the two-yard line. The ball was barely inside the two. In my opinion, that was a mistake by Brian Kelly. You kick the field goal. You take the points there on the opening possession. And then you fast forward, 3-0-3 to go in the third quarter. Tie game 17 all on fourth and two. You got trips right, single left, right, three by one to the boundary side. It was a great play designed by Mike Norvell. He floods the zone away, and then we're all screaming, screen, here it comes, and LSU didn't see it. They, they slipped the running back over to the right where, where the, the, the three wide was, and next thing you know, instead of not just going for three yards or four yards, a couple of missed tackles, it goes to the one-yard line. That was the moment where the entire game shifted on the very next possession for LSU. Jaden Daniels has the pick when Malik Neighbors falls down. Florida State goes in and punches it. Ball game. Church. I mean, LSU's shoulders all shrugged. Florida State's bowing their chest out. I'm on the sideline going, ball game, boys. Just go ahead and pack it up. We don't need to call the rest of this game. This thing's over, right? So, and you look at the final score, you're going, Florida State killed them. Well, no, they really didn't if you really watched the game and followed the game. So you tell me how it plays out, and that may be something we can overreact to, but I expect this to be a very close, hard-hitting, paint-swapping, hatred-backed football. <laughs> I think it's going to be a close game, and no matter who loses, I still think, like LSU, is still in the college football playoff hunt because, especially Alabama, there's so much meat left on that bone like LSU has. Ian Fitzsimmons here with us, half of Amber and Ian, right here on ESPN Radio. I'm Jonathan Zaslow. He is Braden Gall filling in for them tonight. Ian, TCU the other day, I saw some of the kids who are saying that they are the laughingstock of college football right now. Should they be embarrassed with what happened last week against Colorado? By the way, I wasn't any kid, man. I was Johnny Hodges. That's a senior leader and a guy who was a naval midshipman. Right, so he's a Navy transfer, and that dude does not play games. So when he says it, you listen. And I, 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 I'm, I'm like you, man. I, I kind of bowed up, going, "Wow, 
That, that was a firm – it's almost like a coach. It's almost like, right to your point, right, about, about this game with, with Alabama and Texas, you know, Saban uses the media to deliver messages to his team as well as any coach in college football. Johnny Hodges, a senior leader for TCU, used the media to deliver a message to his teammates. And so – and he's not wrong. Go back, you know, would Michigan hang on him? Right now, I know they won the game. I was there. I called it, right? But was, was it uh, 35 or 4? Whatever the hell the final score was. But it, 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 wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't pretty defensively. You know, we all know what Georgia did to him. And then we, we look at what, what Colorado just did, just, just did that defense. I mean, it was, what, 155-plus mm. combined points in the last three games? I mean, man, if I'm Johnny Hodges, I'm pissed off, too, and I'm calling my team out. So – um, I, I don't know what to expect from TCU uh, from going forward, but I'll tell you this. I mean, I, I think they're a talented bunch. They've added some talent in the, in the portal. But, you know, I think Joe Gillespie, their defensive coordinator, is one hell of a football coach. And that's why I like what Johnny Hodges did. He defended his coordinator because they were in position to make plays at times against Colorado and didn't. And that's not on coaching. That's not on scheme. That's on the players. And that's why I love when a senior leader like Johnny Hodges – says, you know what? Hell with it. I'm calling everybody out. Because, you know, guess what? Nobody's going to go up and challenge that dude. Because he he will whip all of our butts and twice <laughs> on a Saturday. Uh, so, Ian, there's a lot of other games, great games this weekend, a lot of teams that have playoff aspirations. They're certainly on the outside of the playoff picture looking in, but they have some opportunity to make some big noise this weekend. A lot of these teams going on the road. Oregon is on the road against Texas Tech. Like A&M's <laughs> at Miami. Ole Miss is at Tulane. Tulane is trying to replicate last year what they did, trying to go to a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, you've got Utah on the road trying to get, deliver a knockout punch to Baylor. Which one of these teams do you think actually goes on the road, makes the big statement, and puts themselves firmly into the playoff conversation? Can I go off the radar? Because I think Bay- I think Utah beats Baylor, but that's going to be a low-scoring game. I like the under in that game, as a matter of fact, a forty-seven. No Blake shape in a quarterback for for you know for Baylor, and then Morgan Scally's defense, defensive coordinator for Utah. He told me during the offseason this might be his best group he's ever had, including the team that he played for going back to 04. when they when they went to the Fiesta Bowl and were the original BCS Busters. You remember that D with Eric Weddle at corner. You know, Sione Pua, I mean, a defensive tackle, what he played 10 years in the league for the, for the Bengals. I mean, you know, Weddle at safety, I mean, uh, Scally at safety. I mean, it was nasty. These guys, he says, are better. Mm-hmm. And so, no Blake Shapin, you know, and obviously Cam Rising's not going to be playing. They're going to try and ground and pound. I like the under in that game, but I think Utah comes away with a win, even in the heat of, uh, you know, Waco, where I make my home in Dallas, Texas. It's a blast furnace. We haven't seen rain in two months. My yard is not – it's not grass anymore. It's straw. So Utah better be ready for some humidity, but I think they come away with a win. But I'm going to go off the board with the games you gave me, Braden. Nebraska. Watch out, Colorado. Do you know that right now in Vegas, Vegas sportsbooks are taking more wagers on Colorado than – all of the NFL games combined. <laughs> let that sink in, right? Give, <laughs> let that marinate for a moment, right? They don't air condition massive buildings in the Nevada desert because they lose, <laughs> right? Yeah. Their Nebraska is only a three-point dog 
Man, Jeff Sims, I hope you play your tail off because I'm backing you, buddy. I like Nebraska. I mean, look, I'm not. I'm going to be sweating it, right? I mean, I'm going to have a roll of Tums just sitting next to me <laughs> you know, as I'm watching this game early at 11 a.m. Central Time, noon Eastern kick. But that's the one where I think because everybody's talking about Colorado and all of America's backing Colorado. And here comes Nebraska blowing a fourth-quarter lead at Minnesota. Well, guess what TCU doesn't do? What Johnny Hodges said, play defense. You know what Nebraska does do? They can play some defense. They stink on offense, but they can play some defense. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to roll the bones on. I just I, And look, do I like them? No. But because America is backing Colorado, I'm a contrarian. I'm an old bookie. And guess what? Again, they don't air condition those massive buildings in a desert because they lose. Every now and then they do. But seven out of ten times in games like this, where they dangle a little piece of cheese out there, begging, like Nick Saban says, for you to come take a bite of it. Well, I'm not going to do it. I'm going with Nebraska, guys. Thanks, Ian. We appreciate you stopping by tonight. Have fun this weekend, man. Thanks, dude. Uh, hugs and kisses. I'm, I mean, I hope they're not losing tickets. But, uh, America, I hope we helped you out a little bit. Let's go, man. Go Huskers. Come on with it. Is Amber Neen on ESPN Radio. I'm Jonathan Zaslow. He's Braden Gall. We're filling in tonight. We're all getting ready for, well, it is the weekend. I shouldn't say we're getting ready for the weekend. It is the weekend, and that means it's time to play Got One, Braden. It means we're bringing on board Josiah here. He is behind the glass. He's going to tee us up with some games for this weekend. Go ahead, Josiah. How you doing? You all right? Yes, sir. All righty. The first game we got here, Nebraska at Colorado. Colorado are two and a half favorites, guys. Which one you got? I will go against the herd, or I guess it would be a herd, right? Buffalo running a herd. I'm going to go Nebraska on the road outright. I'm going against the herd mentality. I'm listening to Ian Fitzsimmons, and I'm saying, why is Vegas taking this much money on Colorado? Give me Nebraska on the road outright. Yeah, I'm I'm going Colorado laying the two and a half. I understand what Ian was saying there. Like, okay, so even if Nebraska can defend, you, you saw what Colorado's offense did last week. So, I mean, let, does Nebraska hold them to 28, 30? Nebraska's offense, uh, can they score that? So yeah. I'm going to go with Colorado. Next one we got here, we're going to the NFL slate. We got the 49ers at the Steelers, where the 49ers are favored by two. Yeah, I love the Steelers as a home dog. Give me the two points. I think the Steelers are a live dog. I think they're going to win this game outright. I'm hoping they let Kenny Pickett sling it all over the field. Uh, certainly is going to play. We know that. It, Shanahan said unless he shows up with a gut and completely out of shape. So I expect he's good to go. But I, I think the Steelers, live dog at home. Give me the points there, Braden. I, I'm kind of leaning with you, man. I'll, I'll take the Steelers and a couple of points at home. I think this team is better than people think. I think they're a better offensive line than people think, which you're going to need, of course, against that San Francisco defensive front. And let's just be very honest. I, I loved Brock Purdy at Iowa State for a long time, and I like Brock Purdy for this San Francisco team. But there's got to be some element of growth and learning when you start your first game as the starter in week one of an NFL season. I'll take the Stellas at home. Next up, we got number 11, Texas, at number 3, Alabama. Alabama is now favored by 7. This game is also on ESPN-TV, Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Guys, which one you got? 
I mean, I want it to be a great game. I'm rooting for overtime. I want to see drama. I want to see Texas return to glory. I want to see Bama challenged. I I don't think any of that's going to happen. Roll Tide, baby. Alabama, I think they run the football early. They run the football in the middle of the game, and they run the football late. Jalen Milrow, pound the football, bully ball. It's going to look like 2017 Jalen Hurts. Give me Alabama at home on Saturday night. Yeah, I'm with you there, Braden. I'll lay the seven points with Alabama. You, you really convinced me earlier in the show, actually, making it sound like Alabama. What, what was the phrase that you used that I love? <laughs> Pissed off for greatness, baby. Yeah, yeah. Roll that, Tide. I mean, when, when you're saying stuff like that, I'm laying seven points. <laughs> Next up here, we got the Titans at the Saints. The Saints are three-point favorites. Which one you got, guys? Yeah, you know what? I'm... I'm going to lay the points with the home team. I am. The Titans were a team that we talked about earlier. You know, what do we need to see? I, I, I need to see it out of the Titans this year before I believe it. I think the Saints win at home. I think they win by more than three. What do you got, Braden? I, two quarterbacks, Derek Carr and Ryan Tannehill, who might be the same human. I'm not sure anyone's ever actually seen them. <laughs> in the same place at the same time. Uh, Tannehill's a little bit different, likes to run around. I I think the Titans are better than the Saints at most positions, actually. I I just – I would take the points. I don't like picking the Titans outright to win on the road because week one has not been kind to this team. Uh, But I definitely would take – so I'm not making an outright pick, but I'll take the Titans plus the three. Give me that field goal. Mike Vrabel likes playing those low-scoring games, and I don't – the Saints – I'm not sure what they are exactly this year. So give me the t- give me the Titans to go down there and make it ugly and give me the three points. All right, guys, we're going to dive into our ESPN radio slate here, starting with yes. Iowa at Iowa State. Iowa's a three-and-a-half favorite. This game starts at 3.30 Eastern time tomorrow on ESPN radio. Which one you got, guys? The Cy-Hawk Trophy here, man, one of the best in-state rivalries in all of college football. This always is a weird game. It's always traditionally very low scoring. Almost always you could just play the underdog and probably win most times in this particular game. Uh, The most interesting interesting thing to keep an eye on, though, Brian Ferentz, offensive coordinator for Iowa, has to score 25 points a game to keep his job. One of the greatest contracts in the history of college football. Really? I will take Iowa to win on the road, but I'm not touching that spread. I'm not touching the spread. Yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to take the home team getting points there for all the reasons that you just mentioned. Rivalry game, usually close games, usually low-scoring games. So if we're talking low-scoring games and rivalry, I want to have the points on my side. So I'll take three and a half and the home team, Iowa State. And that right there, another edition of Got one. All can you right. can you believe it? The Iowa Hawkeyes have to score twenty five points a game for Brian That's crazy. to keep his job. It's insane. It's insane. That's a real thing. It's totally real. <laughs> wow. Excellent job tonight, Braden. I enjoyed it. Appreciate you guys behind the glass as well, Josiah and Harry. Game night coming up next with Q Myers and Myron Medcalf. This has been Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio.